Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Melissa Ruschalk, a book publisher and author and the owner of Trient Press. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So can you please expand on that introduction and tell the listeners about you, who you are, where you are of your business and the kind of people that you serve? Well, the business is all over the place. If you look at it from a outsider's point of view, we do book publishing, which is, hey, you're an author. Come to me. I will publish your book. That's always awesome because we need more publishers out there that don't charge you for publishing your book. If you you're going to one of those publishers, please come to me and let's talk. (laughs) Let me save you some money. Uh, We also have our entrepreneur magazine that we put out every bi-monthly, which is getting ready to come out in the next couple of days or weeks. Mm -hmm. We're in our second year of that magazine. That falls under the publishing area. We also do, or going into the marketing area, So within our magazine, we do all marketing for small businesses. We want to have your story in the magazine to teach other people what the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur is. And there's also advertising in there that small businesses can do. Mind you, I do a lot of things for small businesses because mainstream big businesses can go on TV, radio, newspapers, all these things. There's not a mm-hmm. lot of places that small business can advertise cheaply and still get that 2 million subscribers to get knowledge. Mm-hmm. I say, if you're going to be local, don't come to me. If you're going to be international, come talk to me. What do you want for your business? That's what I looked at. We also have the podcast that's for businesses and entrepreneurs, again, to Mm -hmm. get advertising for your business. That's our clients. It's everything from being an author to being a small business owner. And it sounds like you you really help people at that level to be able to grow, to be able to have that next step to where they want to go, right? Yes, we do. Beautiful. So what, for you, the business owner, what was it that brought you into into this line of work and this variety of work? It started off in 2016. My then husband said, I bet you can't write a book and get it published. I have never wrote a book before. 
didn't have any idea about publishing and end up spending about $2,000 to get a self-published book published. Don't ever do that. Learn from my, my mistake. Do not do it that way. <laughs> but it took going through that into two different uh -huh. publishers, working hand in hand with a publisher, and then going, wait, there has to be a way to market my books. Because if I'm in the publishing house, if you're not, if you're marketing one book, you're really not marketing anything for your brand. If you're marketing everyone's book under the brand, now everyone's winning. So I went back to school for marketing and advertising, became that publisher's director of marketing. Mm -hmm. And of course, they didn't listen to anything I was saying. So I said, okay, great. I have all this wonderful knowledge now. Let's go open a publishing house. Within two years, that publishing house failed. I will say it wasn't a total failure. It was me trying to do too many things as a publisher. Mm -hmm. So I learned that as a stepping stone, what I need to do, because I didn't know about putting procedures in place. I didn't understand how money is done. I didn't understand the cost of advertising. I didn't understand royalties. I didn't understand a whole lot of different things that come with publishing. So, so you were sort of fresh and naive as you went into this, thinking like, just you just wanted to do it, so you did it. Yes, I had about 2% of knowledge and no practical skills whatsoever. That was in 2018. So in 2018, it failed. I started working with a business mentor and he was actually in publishing. So he, he was giving me little nuggets and restructured my company uh -huh. in 2020. Okay, 2020, the year of chaos is when I opened Tree Impress. We started off with a handful of authors because I needed to put procedures and policies into place, and I didn't know how to do that if I did 200 authors. So mm -hmm. we, by design, only took 12 authors. This gave me, okay, here's how the contract needs to be read. This is when people get paid. This is how people get paid. And we have switched from being PayPal. If you go to a small press publishing, you get paid through PayPal. Didn't do that. <laughs> go to a wire transfer or bank ACH with a direct deposit form like any other corporate business. Trust me, it saves the business money and it saves you as a author money. Mm -hmm. And it gives you tax deductions if you're a business, <laughs> if you're in, in the US. Um, so I had to put all these policies in place. Right now we're almost at the 200 author mark within two 200 years. authors. Yes. Fantastic. Two years. Now we're expanding and we're opening a book bindery. That's under construction right now. We, I'm not going to say an actual open date because that keeps moving. But we are opening by the bindery because now I don't have to outsource who's printing my books. And other authors, now we have another service. Even if you're not published with me, you can come be printed by me. Hmm. So you can get your books published by whoever, and you can get author copies through my company. 
love that beautiful so you are sort of almost the you can be the one-stop shop you really do help the authors to do exactly what they want to do yes and bring it all together exactly we're in the process of betting 30 editors and seven graphic designers because now if you're an author and you publish with me you have an editing service if you have okay i need an editor but i don't want you to publish with me okay great here's my editing staff how can we help you as a service beautiful okay so that sounds exceptional and the growth and what you do sounds amazing for you personally and your own personal story making some mistakes and just going for it hats off because isn't that something amazing to do and to take those failures or stories and what happened such a great way to for us to move forward so it is if you take your failure and you look at it as a failure you're going to stop there and never move forward if you take your failure and look at it as it as a learning experience now you can move forward because you have knowledge of how to move forward yeah it's perfect what does um you know must say it's he designs around the explosions Mm -hmm. Oh, that's another way not to build a rocket. Let's do it a different way. So you found a number of ways how not to build a publishing company. Yes. But at least you went for it. I think that's one thing I want to sort of highlight and magnify right now. At least you did it. Some people may be looking at that with, I don't have the knowledge. Who am I? I can't start. And you just went for it. I love that. Exactly. You don't know how many people was... You don't have a degree in this, so you can't do it. You don't know how to run a business because you never went to college. You don't know how to do this. Well, one, all the people that were tell, telling me I don't know how to do something doesn't know what I know. Mm -hmm. They don't know if I went to school because I don't advertise it. I don't put it on Facebook, LinkedIn, or anywhere else. If I went to school, it's no one's business but my own. If I have a degree in something, that's for me. That's not for everyone else. So you don't know what a person knows, practical knowledge versus college knowledge. You don't know what people know. So stop listening to the people that say, no, you don't have the knowledge in this. They don't know what you know. Was that, was that challenging for you to, to not listen to those people and take their advice? Or for you, was it pretty easy to block that out? At first, it was hard because it was my own family that said, no, you don't have the knowledge. Hmm. And I actually had to cut people out of my life that are blood relation because I couldn't take the negativity. I wanted you to grow as a person and you can't grow surrounded by negative. Mm -hmm. You have to get rid of the negative to move forward. And that's a tough thing to do. I mean, what you've said there is, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs we speak to, um, and we found it as well when we started, you do have an awful lot of people saying, oh, you shouldn't do this, or are you sure? And 99% of the time, it comes from a, a good place, but mm -hmm. comes from a belief of, oh, but you need security of a nine to five job, because that's secure in this day and age. You need to be doing this, you should do this. It comes from a loving place. Mm -hmm but it doesn't suit or help someone who 
once more who is aspiring to be better or grow a business that now helps 200 authors to get their books out there and potentially change the world. Exactly. If you have an entrepreneur mindset, you cannot afford to listen to the negative people. They could be coming from a great place in their heart that you need to be doing that what they did. It could be your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever. They could be coming from their own life experience and they love their nine to five job. An entrepreneur is not wired for a nine to five. Mm -hmm. We have the mindset of we want to do something different and to listen to another person. We are horrible employees by trade, by wiring. It's not going to work worth working with a nine to five job. And you probably mm -hmm. change jobs three to five times a year. Not because you don't know the work, but because your mindset isn't set for a nine to five job. Okay, so you that's a beautiful way of explaining it with the entrepreneur's mindset. Do you mind just you know explaining or just bullet pointing or just coming through for you? What is an entrepreneur mindset? What does it what are the blessings that it gives you? What's the wiring that you have? What are the beliefs you have? And what are the what are the curses? What are the the, the demons or the negative voices that you hear from an entrepreneur's mindset? Okay. One, I'm a horrible employee. 100%. If you put me into a 95 job, I don't want to be the little grunt employee. I want to be the CEO. That's my mindset. 100%. I'm going to own whatever company I am in because I can't be here and not be in a management position. I see change. If i Example, being at a McDonald's, I know how to change how things are structured to lose steps so I can have a quicker, faster, get the bag out the window within 90 seconds. That's my mindset. That's how I see things. If someone's the problem not- problem solver mindsets. The, yeah, it's all in the mindset. If someone's back there making a sandwich and I'm a customer and I'm watching and I'm looking at my clock and it's past 90 seconds, you can better believe I'm getting mad. I'm a customer and I want to run the business. So do you find that that goes with you wherever you go, that you you do take on the, the entrepreneur, the problem solver, the how can I make this better? How could this be improved? Is that, do those voices always stay with you? They're always there in the supermarket, at the checkout line, in the restaurants. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Those mindsets are always there. How can I get employee A to be as productive as employee B? And why isn't whatever I'm doing right here, right now? So if you're always on and you're always, I mean, so many people, again, we talk to are struggle to switch off in like in the evenings or at the weekends. I've, I fall into the same category. I find myself always thinking, how can I improve our system? What can I add to it? That works so well. How can we make things better? And while that's a blessing, it's also it's tough. Curse. It's tough for our energy. Um, it takes up our time and to have those voices always talking to us. It's, um, it's a lot, right? It is. I actually force myself one hour a day to meditate. No electronics. I have nice music playing. I have a candle and it's completely quiet for one hour. 
I don't know, do anything. I actually have a set time from A to B that I'm meditating. There's nothing going on. It's not sleep, it's actually meditating. And it drives people crazy because it's the one hour a day I'm still. It's the only time of the day I'm still. If I don't so, do that, I don't have any time where I'm still. Then I have one hour that I'm working out. It's completely not work related. It's not family related. It's completely best for my health. You give yourself that, that strict routine. So you've got an hour of meditation that is purely for presence, grounding, whatever you use meditation mm -hmm. for. Then an hour of workout to focus. So it sounds like with this energy of so much going on in your head, you have to actually be able to focus on these aspects to be able to, to manage your, let's call it your gift. Yeah. I have to actually have a schedule for my workout and stick to my schedule. Otherwise, I forget about my workout and completely go back to work. I have to have policies and procedures for myself to live by. Otherwise, I'm always on. That's just how my brain is wired. I, I'm very set. At this time, I have to be up. At this time, I have to be on a call. This time I have to eat breakfast. Yes, I actually have it in my calendar. What time to eat breakfast? Love that. It's that much discipline that I need. Otherwise, I have all work all the time. Okay. And can you briefly just let me know? So what, what happens in your world, in yourself, if you lose that discipline? I will forget to sleep and continue to work for 24 hours. Ah, so it really is you are pulled towards your passion and your work. If you didn't have those things sort of just anchor points, we call them, you would mm -hmm. just be like, I just want to do some more. I can do more. Keep on going. Exactly. I have actually sat down. I have nothing to do with work related. Okay, so I'll write a book today. I've written full length novels, 80,000 plus words within 30 days because my brain says, I'm going to write 80,000 words today. And it might not be all today, but I'll write that in 30 days. Nice. With your, with your daily sort of routines and your work routines, um, who do you have around you to help you focus and help you, you navigate through being a business owner? Okay, so I have a wonderful CEO who takes a lot of the work and goes, Hey boss, you need to go kill some zombies today. And <laughs> that is, hey boss, I'm overworked. You need to be doing something else, not work. And the last two weeks during this holiday, it was literally, are you killing zombies because you should not be working? So that when was, you say killing zombies, what do you mean? I mean, playing on the PlayStation, killing zombies. Nice. Literally, I mean, killing zombies. It's as far away from work or workly related that I can get. So is that kind of a release for you to to play some video games? That's your that's that, your enjoyment away from work, or is it is it something that that you need that to latch onto your focus? It's literally I need to focus on something, and it's not going to be anything productive, and it's not 
anything creative. It's just, I need to focus on something that's not tangible. So I'm a big kid and I like my video games. I just have a few that I actually go to. Nice. But Love I that. also monetize my video games. So I'm still working when I'm playing. <laughs> So you, you're sneaky, sneaky. So you always find a way to improve or uh, be the entrepreneur, monetize, um, do something a little bit different, um, which is, I guess that's that's all part of the game. It is. It's, it's I game mean, of life. It is. Well, me, if I can't monetize it, I probably don't do it. So uh, <laughs> that's just me. I go and travel. I travel a lot. I've been um, last year, 2022, I was on a plane 16 times in different cities. And every time I was in a different city, I was monetizing through doing a blog, a travel mm. art, article, or getting paid to be there. So even if I'm traveling, I'm monetizing. And it drives people crazy because I'm not going there for vacation while well, my vacation is okay i'm having this wonderful time i love being on the beach in 16 degree weather at the same time i'm getting paid to be there i'm having time of my life but i'm going to do some, some something that's with our business is called unforget yourself you you know this it's all about unforgetting yourself because your happiness matters mm -hmm. it's so important so it sounds like you do find happiness through everything that you do. When you say that you you drive people crazy, who are these people? Uh, my mother, my daughter, my fiance, <laughs> uh, my COO, and my director of my board. I drive them up the wall because I don't turn off. Well, my director of my board doesn't turn off all the time either. He just mm -hmm. directs his energy to something else. So when you are working, Mm -hmm. where do you direct your energy the most in your business? It, it depends on what's needed in my company. It could be, okay, I need to help out with formatting a author's mm -hmm. book. I need to actually see if this author will work within my company because not all authors can work with my, my company. If they're a very demanding diva, you're probably not going to work with me very well. If you're very laid back and settled in, I can work with you great. It's how our energies play off each other. I'm very energy orientated. If your energy repulses me and it's nothing personal, it's just what's going on, I can't work with you. Oh, can I just hold you there? Because that's a beautiful aspect of being a, a business owner that when we first start we all take on way too many clients that we shouldn't we work with people and employ people that aren't a right fit through maybe scarcity or worry or whatever it might be so is that a lesson that you've learned to be able to work with people with the right work ethic or the right yes. energy have Re you made mistakes along the way remember i said i had that company that failed I had a wonderful assistant that wasn't so wonderful after we started working together. I had had wonderful authors that have beautiful books, 
but they were very demanding offers and I couldn't work with them. Part of the reason why the company failed was the people that I was bringing into the company. I have learned, and now we have a three-step approach to who we bring in. I actually have three different firms that we work with for our HR to make sure they meet my criteria, the culture of the company, and also someone that I can talk to that I won't want to fire within 90 days because keeping my company safe in the way I want to build it may not be the same as someone that's going to be in the position. Mm. Okay. You say I, your company safe is, is so important. Do you, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Do you feel like your company is safe and you have a more relaxed uh, perspective on it or do you still feel like ah, things are not quite safe so that you find yourself doing more and more for your company i will not employ an employee that i do not have faith in if i cannot click with that employee within the first 90 minutes of an interview i won't hire them i don't care how many times i need an editor or how backlogged my editing staff is i will push publishing dates before I hired the wrong kind of employee. I want the right people in the right places versus hiring just to hire someone. Mm, and there's the, the the age-old analogy of getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. It's mm-hmm. so important. It is. And too many times companies are out there just hiring to have a body versus hiring the right kind of love that so let's look let's look going forward to to the new year ahead mm-hmm. what is what's on your radar of things to do from a professional level and also from your, your focus and what you need to focus on and what you're being told to hey ease off boss where's where's your goals personally Well, right now we're in the process of acquiring five businesses. We're in the process of opening the factory and building our uh, international headquarters. So my focus is there. Where my team's focus is bringing on 1,000 authors this year. We are adding the 30 editors, seven graphic designers at minimum. And then we have the holdings company is looking to invest in at least five companies by the end of the year. So that's huge. That growth is massive. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And how do you manage yourself through, through this kind of expansion? This is like waiting through water right now for me. Now, if you would have talked to me two years ago, I would have been stressing out because where am I going to get the funds? Well, that's kind of been fixed going forward within the company. Where, how are funds transferred? Again, over two years, not immediately, but over two years, you learn where the funds are coming from, where they're being transferred to, and how to set this up. You don't know this when you're starting up. So you have a lot of headaches in the first two years of growth that you don't after the first two years 
if you're structuring properly. Why? Because you're learning from the mistakes two years ago. Mm -hmm. So everything now I have, oh, okay, I don't know how to do something. Hey, so-so, you're my director of this. How do I do this? What do you need me to do so we can accomplish this? It's not just me now, it's my team. And, and a team that you trust. A team that I trust. They are my core team and they have unlimited access to me. Not everyone has that unlimited access. You do not need unlimited access to every person in your company. As a CEO, as a founder, you have to choose who has access to you and your time. Mm, because your time is, is so valuable and you need to put your expertise and energy into the right area. Exactly. And if you can't put that energy in your company, find something else to put that energy into that you can have another revenue stream that you can use to expand your company to hire that graphic designer or that COO that you need or whatever you're needing. If it, you have another revenue stream, you can add that person that you need to grow your company because it can't be just you. Nice, nice. Or get paid for killing zombies if you're told, hey, boss, off you go. Well, there's a revenue stream for me. I love you know? it. That's my pocket money. That's my, that's my. oh, I need a new suitcase because the airline broke mine. <laughs> so that's where that money goes. But that's my personal money. Beautiful. Hey, Melissa, it's been so much fun chatting with you about your business, about what you've been through, about how you focus and what your, your blessings and curses are of being an entrepreneur. Um, if people want to find out a bit more about you, where can they find you? Well, you can go into the Trient website, T-R-I-E-N-T dash or hyphen, the word press, P-R-E-S-S dot com. Or you can go to my personal website and there's whole much more stuff that I'm into other than work, which is M-L-R-U-S-C-S-A-K.com. Beautiful. Again, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been fun. And thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.